Welcome back to Primetime KC. Harrison Mevis has a horse cock. Mizzou beats K-State 30-27 on a 61-yard field goal. We're going to get to gloat about that. Before we get into our NFL Week 3 picks, let's not waste any more time, guys. Holy shit, how did we just beat K-State at home? I don't know. I don't like, know. I don't know. Like, I say I don't know because I don't know. Uh, yeah, it was insane. I was – I think, to be honest, what we should have done that day is, like, when we all, like, left the same because John and I were at the game, we should have just had Jackson hop on his computer and re-record, like, a 15-minute podcast to put on this week's episode because I would have loved to hear what I had to say when I was at that peak level of happiness. But – I mean, we saw what happened. I think Drinkwitz got really pissed at the crowd booing Brady Cook, and he said, fuck it, let's put on a show, and he decided to air the ball out, and Brady Cook actually looked somewhat like competent of being an average SEC quarterback, which is all we fucking need to just win games. So, yeah, if we can continue this, this seems fun to watch. I just don't get how we beat Middle Tennessee State by four, and then we beat K-State. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. Um I kind of going into this game was sort of like, um, well, you know how I've been about Mizzou. First off, I've been very, very negative. Um, I'm aware of that one. I was very hot on K-State minus four. And like I said, I would have taken it up to K-State minus 19 and a half going into the game. (laughs) I was completely wrong on this one. Um, Mizzou showed us something, I think. The defense played up to the level that I think a lot of fans think the Mizzou defense needs to play for us to win games like that, Um, and the offense did the same. Luther Burden looked absolutely monstrous. Um, I think we're going to be looking at a Heisman candidate next season in Luther Burden, assuming he stays healthy. Um, And yeah, I I going into the game was kind of like, People have been saying we should rush the field if we win. And I was kind of like, I mean, look, it is a rivalry game, but it's not like we beat, you know, one of the big dogs. This isn't the most prestigious opponent we're going to play all year. Um, But then when you win it with a 61-yard field goal, which should have been a 56-yard field goal, but we're disorganized-ass team still, um, that is a hell of a way to win a football game. Uh, That is probably the most electric way possible. To win a game it was definitely one of my favorite events probably inching into the top 10 all games i've ever been to um and yeah got to rush the field first time ever doing that uh as a student that was pretty great and yeah i think i think it was it was kind of a relief because i've spent a lot of time saying that maybe um in my years at mizzou they'll never really have a win that is truly uh amazing and i think we got one so I will I will take that strongly. Uh, and to anyone saying we're celebrating too hard, you can fuck off. That is celebrate the good moments. I mean, we haven't had much to really get hyped about, and it was just it was all in all a great day. And um, hopefully we can hopefully we don't mazoo it up this this week. I think I think we're going to. Well, I mean, we'll get into it. But I just wanted to be known that was Drinkwitz's first sold out crowd, and for it to have a result in that is insane. Someone made a really good point. Last year when Conzo, or not Conzo, Dennis was playing Illinois uh, in St. Louis, that was the game that everyone's like, all right, this is going to be, we're going to see if this team's actually legit. And then it happened, and then they started selling out all the games. I saw like 3% of tickets are left for this game, upcoming game. 
I guarantee you LSU is going to be sold out. Guarantee you Tennessee is going to be sold out if they keep performing the way they are. But, yeah, I mean, Elijah Drinkwitz, for some odd reason, actually came up clutch in one of his biggest moments at Mizzou so far. Yeah, I mean, look, you do have to talk about what John said, the debacle at the end where we take the delay a game. That's just inexcusable on any level of <clears throat> coaching. But, yeah, I mean, Harrison Mivas came through. I, I bet you guys were thinking the same thing I was thinking when I was watching it on an illegal stream while I was at work. This shit is either getting blocked or it's going to be a return kick six. Those were the yep. two thoughts yep. going through my mind. The you two time. know me. You two know me. And you, I, I have people you can ask. For some odd reason, me, who was of age intoxicated, said, this shit's going in. I was like, I have faith. And the moment I realized I had faith, I was like, holy shit, we're about to win this game. Like, I was like, I've never felt that way about Mizzou. And then when it went in, it was just pure happiness. So one reason I did not think we were going to lose after that kick. To to be fair, I had the same thought, the intrusive thought of, oh, we're going to get we're going to get Auburn Bama'd. Um, but also there, I believe, is a video of me right before saying, quote unquote, this is going to be some big dick shit right here. And it was it was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that was just fantastic. And from my angle, too, I thought that he missed it wide right. Um just it for some reason optical illusion whatever to me it looked like the ball crossed in front of the goalpost um but then i saw the people running onto the field and i was like oh shit we made that um and that was just fantastic that was a shocker um i mean you can't really write up a more romantic way to win a game like that especially after getting battered in the reverse game last year yeah Yeah. i mean it was was just like yeah at, at that point, him missing the field goal was, like, in my mind, the best-case scenario. I was like, if he just shanks this shit, whatever, we'll go to overtime. But, I, yeah, I was petrified it was getting blocked for a return or getting returned off of a short kick. It's just so frustrating with him how the hell he can make that and misses 21 yards in the same same freaking game. Um, and then you like even the Auburn game last year, I'm like, how the fuck did he miss a 20-yard field goal to win the game? It's, Wait, he missed a twenty-one-yard field goal on Saturday? No, no, no. It was I'm, it was against I, Memphis. Uh, that's what I meant. He, yeah. he missed like a, a a long one earlier in the game. Yeah, I meant against not yeah, I meant against Memphis. But yeah, the point yeah. stands. Like, how the hell is he drilling these from deep? Same thing against Georgia last year. He was drilling kicks from fifty plus, and you know it's just odd with him. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel more comfortable him kicking deep than I do him kicking short kicks anymore. Uh, but it's a big win for Mizzou. I mean, Brady Cook played arguably his best game at Mizzou. I think the only game that compares is the Arkansas game last year where he almost single-handedly won that game. It, it was just like, I don't know. I checked the score when I got to work, and it was like, I think it was right before Luther scored the go-ahead touchdown, and I was like, shit, like, we're in this thing. I, it was like 24-20. I was like, wow, I was totally expecting another, you know, 40-12 to 12 performance. And just, just for them to be able to come out with that win is huge. I think part of, and I don't want to give excuses because I'm not really an excuses guy, but I think part of the Middle Tennessee game could have been looking ahead towards this K-State game. Not that it's, you know, ever excusable to beat Middle Tennessee State by four, but how, like like we say, how can you perform that well against the number 15 ranked team K-State? And, and then a week after having to hold on for dear life against Middle Tennessee State. Makes no sense. To me, it was a look ahead. 
But, I mean, you got to give Mizzou credit. They got up for this game, which we've been begging for in the Drinkwitz era. Every time we have a big game under Drinkwitz, we're like, please just have this team ready. And for the majority, they have not been ready for any big game. So, you know, outside of South Except Carolina. Except for that Georgia game. Georgia, yeah. And I was going to say, outside of the yearly South Carolina win we get for some reason. But, yeah, it was huge. I mean, it was a huge win for the program. Again, though, like we've got to take care of business now going forward. It would be such a Mizzou thing to get that and then lose to either Memphis or Vanderbilt. But Well, Memphis is undefeated, so like we can't take them for granted. But I agree. It would be the most Mizzou thing. Like there is a strong chance you're going into the LSU game 5-0. and and, and I honestly feel like I know that they got beat pretty badly week one, but I feel like LSU is the second best team in the SEC right now. So if you go into that game undefeated at 5-0, and they'll probably be a one-loss team at the time. I mean, you're looking at, like, maybe the biggest game in the conference that week, which is hilarious that that would be the well, biggest Well, me and John were talking about it. It would be potential for college game day if the Red River rivalry wasn't that week. Yeah, I mean, like, Texas-Oklahoma is always going to get it. And Oklahoma actually looks damn good this year, so deservingly. And I, I will say this. If Mizzou can start conference... If they can get through Vanderbilt and somehow pull it away against LSU, I don't think Kentucky's going to be hard. South Carolina could be a trap game. But then you would literally have the biggest game of the year against Georgia, which you would lose. You would lose but, but the fact that you, you could go in into November thinking you have a chance of making the SEC championship would be fucking insane. I'll say this. But, I, I think the SEC is more wide open than it has ever been since we've joined the conference. And I truly mean that. Maybe not. The Do you SEC. think that in a good way? Because I've seen the same thing. People saying this is the most wide open, but also the least amount of talent in the SEC we've seen in a while. I think it's just more evenly distributed throughout college football. Like, think about with NIL, how much the the Pac-12 has eight teams in the top twenty-five. The Pac-12 is normally a joke. It's the best conference by far right now. And you even watch games like Georgia really struggled against South Carolina. Like that was a dogfight for Georgia through the first half and even in the second half they didn't separate themselves terribly and then you've got Alabama who like what is going on there I mean they were down to the wire against USF like it's weird and I just think there is the potential and I don't want to get everyone's hopes up too much but there is the potential for Mizzou to finish second in the SEC East this year I really do think so because Tennessee looks pedestrian I mean going to get your ass kicked by Graham Mertz in Florida despicable like I really do feel like the SEC East is obviously Georgia's to lose but then after that it's anyone's game for number two yeah it's there's a lot that remains to be seen man I mean I think there's a lot to be excited about coming out of this performance but I think you do have to continue to ask questions about the consistency and the performance from Mizzou because I think the other thing is we complain so much about Brady Cook as our quarterback I think the entire SEC, for the most part, is struggling with the same problem of quarterback. Alabama cannot figure what they have out. I mean, they've already started, or not started, but they've already put in three different guys. Carson Beck at Georgia doesn't look to be too big of a game changer. I mean, you're talking about the best quarterbacks in the conference being K.J. Jefferson on an Arkansas team that just lost to BYU at home. Will Rogers, who just, Mississippi State looks terrible this year. And then Jaden Daniels on a good LSU team. But outside of that... Spencer Rattler looked all right. Rattler's okay. But again, South Carolina's a pretty pedestrian team as well. You're looking at... There's no... Like, last year you had Bama, who was great with a great quarterback. 
you had Georgia, who was great with a pretty damn good quarterback in Stetson Bennett, while he might not be an NFL guy, was very good at the collegiate level. At this point, I feel like the SEC is kind of starved at quarterback. Like, Kentucky doesn't have Levis, and even though we didn't think too highly of Levis, he's better than what they have now. Like it, yeah. it is, And then, obviously, Tennessee doesn't have Hendon Hooker, and you're seeing how big of a difference that is. So I just think, if you're Mizzou, I mean, yes, you're not thrilled with what you have at quarterback, but look around the conference. I mean, it's damn near Big Ten-level quarterbacks at this point. <laughs> really, the only good quarterbacks are in the ACC and Pac-12 this year. So, it, I mean, look, Mizzou will Mizzou themselves eventually, but I do think this is one of the best chances they've had to finish top of the SEC East. Not not number one, but top three in the SEC East. Definitely in the Drinkwitz era and probably since the Gary Pinkle era. Yep. So the last question about Mizzou then is how confident are you if Sam Horn has to play on Saturday? Because it looks like that's a legitimate possibility at the moment. What's wrong? How hurt is Cook? Like what's going Cook on? Cook hasn't him? practiced and is questionable to play on Saturday. Is um, this insider information or is this like tweeted no, out? No, this is like he didn't practice um, and is questionable to play. Hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, oh. look. You're, you're, I will say anytime you're in the same breath that I said SEC struggling at quarterback, there should never be a time unless you're Vanderbilt as an SEC team you lose to what what's Memphis, an American team? There's no time you should lose that game regardless of who's going at quarterback. If it's Sam Horn, you got to find a way to win that game still. I don't care. Yep. No, I agree. I think I think it's a, it's it would be a frustrating one to drop. That is for damn sure. Okay, well, All right. we have that. that. It's our last non-con game. I mean, after that, it is straight SEC. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. And last breath, I'll say on this, with Oklahoma and Texas coming into the conference, this is a really good opportunity for Mizzou before that happens because both of those programs look really damn good. They honestly look like the only two programs worth a shit in the Big 12 right now in football. So, that again... Big year, big opportunity for Mizzou this year to, you know, go eight and four and get a quality bowl game. We'll see what yep. happens. I had them seven and five before the year, and that was counting a Kansas State loss. So we'll see what happens. Um, okay, let's get into NFL week three. Josh, if you want to give the updated standings on how we sit after week two. So I'm going to be honest, I was talking to John earlier. Right now, I'm like the 2020 Steelers. I have a Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse 2-0 record, but 2-0 is 2-0. 2-0 is 2-0. I have to respect. John and Jackson are both 0-2. Underdog of the week, John's 2-0. I'm 0-2, and Jackson's 1-1. A lot of parity. So, a lot of parity going on throughout the league. With, with everything that I've done, Jackson, it goes, this week's picks go Jackson, John, me. So, so same, <laughs> pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you this right now. I will not take another two and a half the rest of the season. Fuck that number. <laughs> um, I see one right now and it will not be getting taken. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Thursday night football giants at 49ers. 49ers are 10 point home favorites. There will like, I will say 95%. There will be no Saquon Barkley in this game. I don't think he's been officially ruled out as we're recording this, but he's out. He has an ankle injury. Um, man, the Giants are terrible. I don't care that they came back and beat the Cardinals. That was bad. That was bad. And they have an atrocious offensive line. 
Brock Purdy is still yet to lose a game that he has started and finished. Don't think that that gets talked about enough. Uh, that All of that being said, I don't like taking numbers this high. I'm taking San Francisco to win. I think they do win comfortably, but I don't like taking double-digit points on a short week, so I'll just leave that alone. Yeah, um, yeah this is the part of the segment where I say this is on my list. Um, but I don't have the balls for it. I think I'm going to regret not going Thursday night three weeks in a row because I think the Giants are pretty damn lousy. Um, I think it's possible an order came from upstairs from the Cardinals that was like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck are you guys doing? Why? What are we doing? Give them the game. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Um, I think the Giants are quite possibly one of the worst football teams I've ever seen. And they might not have Saquon Barkley. Um, they probably won't. For some reason, Brian Dayball said he's not ruling him out, but it's like it seems like he's not going to play. Um, so I'll take the Niners. Really want to lock them, but I got to stay away from Thursday night locks. They've been fucking me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a twenty-eight point blowout. Any uh, message for Nick Sirianni? No. What? Because <laughs> he fired uh, right last now. week. We'll wait till we talk about the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Uh, underdogs against the Spider 2 0 so far to start the season in Thursday night football. I don't think that continues. I like Niners minus 10. I'm not locking it in, but I would hammer that. I just think, I think if it was 8.5, I would take it. But 10, I, I don't know. I don't like 10. I don't really like ever taking a double digit unless they're an underdog. But yeah, give me Niners. It's a great survivor pick if you want to do San Francisco this week. Personally, I'm saving San Francisco for when they get to host Arizona. But if you want to take San Francisco this week, no shame in that. Okay, on to the Sunday slate. Saints at Packers. Packers are two-point home favorites. I don't want to sound like a loser, okay? But I feel more... More confidence, not the right way to say it. I feel better after last week, even though they lost to Atlanta, than I did before it. The fact that Jordan Love looked competent without Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, or David Bakhtiari really had me excited. And I, I get it. They lost. You know, it's all about wins and losses in this league. But it did remind me of the 2008 Packers team a lot. Rodgers' first year starting where they just had a lot of young guys and they lost a lot of close games. I'm not out on this Packers team. Like, I honestly feel good about that. I feel good about them right now. This line is fishy. I don't want anything to do with it. But I'm going to take Green Bay to win, man. Like, what if the Saints face Tannehill and Bryce Young? It's crazy to say I think Jordan Love is the best quarterback they're going to face so far this season. And I'm just one of Aaron Jones or Christian Watson should be on the field. I like Green Bay to win, even though New Orleans defense has looked impressive so far this season. Yeah, I like Green Bay to win this one as well. Um, I wasn't too impressed with New Orleans in either week. Maybe they look a little better now because the Titans beat the Chargers. Um, but to be honest, the Panthers look absolutely terrible. Um, I do like the Packers a little bit, man. I I don't know if it's an aesthetics thing or the fact that I kind of set this agenda, but I, I enjoy watching Jordan Love play. Um, he's, a, he's a smooth, cool head back there. Um, and I think the Packers, as much as they bitched and moaned about that pick um, – I think it's kind of ended up being a wise decision for them, uh, especially with the year that they get rid of Rodgers. He blows up his Achilles. Um, 
I like the Packers in this. Um, not they, They're not a team that blows my socks off, but Jackson, I think you're right. When they're at full strength, um, they may very well be the best team in that division. Um, so I will take them to win, uh, hand the Saints their first L of the year. Yeah, when you look at this game, I think you guys made good points about it. For Packers, for the Packers, uh, I really do hope they get Aaron Jones or Chris, Christian Watson back because Packers minus two lock of the week. Mm. Give me lock of the week. I love this line. I looked at them this morning, and I just I don't know. Some about Packers minus two just screams I have to take it. There's a lot of good games on this week, but for some odd reason, Packers minus two was just speaking to me differently. So therefore. Give me the Packers, minus two. I like it. Uh, with how lucky you've been this year, I am so happy that you took that because I, <laughs> I would love to see a Green Bay victory. Gonna, now they're going to lose. Now they're going to lose, you bitch. No, now I can't the, lose either the Packers way. Are gonna, the, either Green Bay yeah, wins the Packers this are game. Win on a game winning field. <laughs> yeah, Green Bay wins by one. That's my best case scenario now. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next noon game, Colts at Ravens. Ravens are eight-point favorites. Richardson has a concussion. He is maybe going to play? I don't know. Extremely unlikely to okay. not play. Okay, then yeah. Well, Minshew's capable. I want to put that out there. Minshew is a capable backup. Yep. With that being said, Baltimore at home, that defense looks really, really good. I like Baltimore in this one. Eight's too many points, but I, I do like Baltimore in this one. Yeah, I like Baltimore here as well. Um... I think they looked a little bit better last week than they did week one. Week one, I was pretty concerned about them. Um, week two was a lot better. Zay Flowers um, kind of upset the Chiefs missed out on him, not going to lie. He can play. Um, I I am happy the Ravens are also helping us take games off the Bengals early on because um, you know the Bengals are not going to be this team come the end of the year. Um, this is back-to-back seasons that Burroughs had to work out the kinks early on. And um, he also was injured and is playing probably back with injury. So I'll take the Ravens here. Um, But I think the Colts are a little bit of a better team than people give them credit for. Um, They got their first win last week. You are correct. Uh, The Gardner Minshew is capable. However, Anthony Richardson looked probably like the best uh, rookie quarterback last week. So uh, that's definitely a big loss for the Colts. Um, I, I'll take the Ravens to keep rolling and uh, support themselves at the top of that division. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to take Colts underdog of the week, but I'm not going to. I think the Ravens get it done. I think minus eight might be a little too much. If it's minus six and a half, I think it's different. But give me Ravens. I wouldn't touch this line. Alrighty, next noon game. Titans at Browns. Browns are three-point favorites. Oof, this game stinks. This game absolutely just stinks of a Vegas trap. Ah, man. First of all, rip Nick Chubb. That's probably the last time we'll ever see him carry a football. They yep. are. They did. Uh, yep. They do. They do have Kareem Hunt in the building today. They're meeting with him. So maybe he's there. I don't know. I don't want anything to do with this. I don't trust either quarterback. I think both have decent teams with just questionable quarterback positions. I'll take Cleveland to win a close one, but I don't want anything to do with this game. Yeah, I have actually thought about this game, um, but 
I can't really decide which side I'm on. Um, I think this line's put kind of where I'd put it. Um, the Titans did have an impressive week last week. Um, didn't really get to watch much of their game because they lined up with the Chiefs. Um, but that was clutch as hell of them to knock off the Chargers, who are having – I saw some stat. I don't remember what it was. But basically, they've been having an unbelievable offensive season so far um, in our 0-2, which is pretty hilarious. Um, I will take the Browns to win this game, um, probably based on it being at home. I'll give them the edge here. Rough performance last night from Deshaun Watson, though. That is yeah. what I love to see from that guy. Um, that did bring a smile to my face. Hopefully he shits the bed again. Um, but for now, um, I'm going to take them to win. Uh, I think the Titans aren't able to bring him down into the mud enough, and the Browns pull it out. Yeah, I I would like this game if it's minus three and a half. Even because I would have done Titans underdog of the week, but it's not. So, with that being said, I'm still going to go Titans. I don't know. I think this Browns team is going to be in a hurt for when they realize they don't have uh, Nick Chubb. I know you guys kind of already talked about it, but that Browns team just did not look the same after they lost Chubb. And it's going to be hard because I just Deshaun Watson hasn't looked good. Uh, I think he might have gotten away with one of the biggest contracts in NFL history. There's been a lot of that recently. But, yeah, give me Titans. I think they start 2-1 and one and Browns fall to 1-2 and two after a really good week one win against the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Next game, Broncos at Dolphins. Dolphins are 6.5-point favorites. Is it crazy to say the Dolphins are the team to beat in the AFC right now? Because it sure looks like it. Um, they look I, damn good. I don't think that's insane. They look really, really good. Sorry, some dumbass FaceTiming me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they look damn good. And what I really took from that game on Sunday night is they can now beat you more than one way. They can. They don't have to beat you at a shootout. Like, that was an impressive performance. I guess the Patriots, but the Patriots aren't terrible. You saw the Patriots compete with the Eagles. I was really impressed by Miami in that performance. And on the other hand, John, we might have been wrong on Denver. We, we just might have been wrong on them being good this year. Russ might be more cooked Dude. than I imagined. Losing at home to Sam Howell is... Ugh, that might be it. I mean, that they are 0-2 with two home games already under their belt. And the, the upcoming schedule for Denver, obviously this week in Miami, I'm going to pick the Dolphins to win. Oh, man, I don't know. I mean, they still haven't gotten into some of the tougher teams that they're going to have to play. Yeah, well, this is one of them right here. And I agree with you, Jackson. I think right now... They are the team to beat in the AFC. I think they've earned that acumen at the moment. Outside of the fact that the Chiefs are Super Bowl uh, defending champs, the Dolphins have put in two really nice performances. Two tricky road wins to start the year. Um, and, yeah, they just look good. They look – I think the the pools that they've given Mike McDaniel is a little bit unfair to defenses. Um, they are borderline unstoppable. Another thing I want to point out is it seems like Tua Tagovailoa has learned how to get tackled without, like, getting killed. Um, I saw a couple of occasions where, like, he got hit and did, like, a backward somersault and stand it up. Um, so that was pretty impressive. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think this team is going to be uh, quite dangerous. 
Oh my god. Okay, I'm not gonna lock them. I really <laughs> wanted to. There's one I like a little better, um, but I I would I would really like the favorite here. Um, Jackson, I went way too early last weekend with the uh, <laughs> told y'all the Broncos were gonna be good text because they were not. They looked really damn good to start that game. Um, seemed like Sean Payton had got his offense going. Absolute crazy meltdown. It was pretty yeah. entertaining to watch. Um, and I'm interested to see how it goes when you get these like egomaniac coaches. I don't know if Sean Payton, I'd say egomaniac, but coach with like a big resume and, you know, a, a known winner, blah, blah, blah. A lot of times these situations, they don't have much patience for them. I'm interested to see the effect this has on Sean Payton. Um, cause I, I think they're going to take another loss this weekend. Um, and the Broncos are going to be in some dire straits, uh, starting the year off. zero and three with two losses that they really would have liked to avoid. Yeah, this was my second game on lock of the week. I really like the dolphins minus six and a half. I think six and a half is a perfect line for them. I'm going to keep dolphins. I'm going to stick with dolphins. Uh, yeah, I got nothing more to say. I think they are the team to beat in the AFC. But there's always that team at the beginning of the year where it's like, oh, they're the team. And I told I some people, I'm like, if Tua can stay healthy, yeah, this is a team you want to watch out for because the way they've been playing is very, very scary. Yep. And and imagine if they are the team that ends up landing Jonathan Taylor, too. <laughs> that would be some fucked up shit. Yeah. Okay. I think Jonathan Taylor plays week five for the Colts. I think he finishes the year with the Colts this year. At some point, he's I'd be fine with to. that, man. I've got him in fantasy. I've got him in fantasy. Well, they said he he's ready to play week five. We'll see. He so. better be. All right, next game. Patriots at Jets. Patriots are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I already said I'm not touching two-and-a-half for the rest of the season, so you can go ahead and leave this one alone for me. Um, I'll take New England, man. Zach Wilson, I'm man enough to admit when I'm wrong, and Zach Wilson is bad. He is atrocious. On the other hand, Josh is not man enough to admit when he's wrong, and he still thinks Justin Fields is good. But I, I am man enough to say it. Zach Wilson is dog shit at football, and it's sad to say, but he is just terrible, and Belichick is going to eat him alive this week. I, sure. Sure. So, okay. For, well, Jackson, for that exact reason that I believe Belichick is going to eat him alive this week. I'm taking Patriots minus two and a half as my lock of the week. For the second um, week in a row, the Patriots getting picked for the lock of the week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, if you can tell me I can get a five point swing um, from the Dolphins at home to the Jets on the road, I would totally take that. I think something's been miscalculated there. I think they underrated the Dolphins last week. Um, I really think that this is going to be a tricky game for the Jets. I watched the entirety of Jets-Cowboys. Don't get me wrong. The Cowboys are a damn good team this year. Micah Parsons is just one of the more incredible defensive players I've ever seen. Um, And that obviously is going to make things difficult. But I still think Patriots defense is nothing to scoff at either. Um, And outside of the big playmaker Garrett Wilson or maybe Brees Hall breaking off another run. The Jets are pretty short on firepower with just with Zach Wilson at quarterback because he sucks. Um, so I'm hoping that the Patriots can just kind of shut down their offense and we get a solid performance from Mac Jones. 
Um, he hits the anytime touchdown scorer King uh, Hunter Henry a couple times. <laughs> um, and yeah, I I am I feel all right about getting my first win here. I think the Jets are yet to be seen as the dog shit they're going to be without Aaron Rodgers that they are. Even though they somehow pulled off that win against Buffalo. That seemed a bit fluky, not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, when you look at this game, I think when you look at the Jets, they have a good defense, just a shitty quarterback. And it sucks for New York Jets fans. We're going to say this every week. But yeah, the Patriots just look really good for an 0-2 team. They've played two of the hardest teams in the league. I'm going to go Patriots. I like Patriots minus two and a half, Jar. And I, and I got to say, man, the fact that they're 0-2 makes me feel a little better. Like, this feels like the week they get one. Yeah, no um, way, Bill. Has Bill Belichick ever started 0-3? I don't I know. don't know. Although, I will say, last time he started 0-2, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. Just, just going to throw that out there. But it won't be oh, happening no. again. <laughs> Uh, Bills Hello. at Commanders. Bills are six and a half point favorites. Want to say a big thank you to Buffalo. They were my survivor last week. They took care of business against the Raiders, and I expect them to take care of business here. I think the Bills win this one. Commanders have been off to kind of a fluky two and zero start. Struggled versus the Cardinals. Did get a nice win in Denver. I didn't expect them to win that game, but I, I don't expect this to last versus Buffalo. I like the Bills to pick up a win here. Yeah. I like the Bills. I think the Commanders are a confusing team. They're always solid defensively, um, but that didn't really come through too strongly the first two weeks. They had a couple of shaky performances, I'd say. Um, I am by no means a quarterback analyst, but is it just me or does Sam Howell hold the ball longer than anyone you've ever seen? (laughs) Um, Like, If there's one thing I'm working on, it's like, dude, we got to do something about that. Um, cause he will hold on to it and hold on to it and hold on to it. And it's, it's pretty unbelievable to be honest. I mean, he's somewhat mobile, but he's not mobile. Like the people you expect to hold the ball like that. Um, he's a confusing quarterback to me because I don't know if he's close to mid or ass. Um, and I think we'll figure out more about that this weekend. Um, I am going to go ahead and pick against the commanders though. I'll take the bills. I I think the Commanders are okay. I think they're really looking dead set for like a seven and ten season um, with a struggling second half. Um, nothing too special coming out of Washington. So when it comes to me, I'm picking third, and I know what that means. There's not many more opportunities for games that I like for Underdog of the Week. So with that being said, I feel like I have to go Commanders Underdog of the Week. There's one that I really want that I, but I just know I won't get. And it's mm-hmm. gonna suck if it actually doesn't. If neither of you take it, so I really hope one of you guys take it. But with that being said, I don't know. This Commanders team hasn't looked terrible. I know they looked bad week one, but then the fact that they come back in week two, I think Eric Bieniemy is actually just a really good offensive-minded coach. Like we're kind of seeing that now. Chiefs have been struggling recently. Eric Bieniemy has the Commanders two and zero. Like if they don't have Eric Bieniemy, I truly think the Commanders are zero and two. But that's neither here or there. I don't mind it i think i'm gonna start zero and three in the underdog league but it is what it is and it's what i'm gonna have to take so commanders underdog week i don't hate it um no. the thing with buffalo there's, is they either, honestly man the thing with buffalo is they better either beat the left. shit out of you or they lose a close game and there's not a lot of in between with buffalo so that's why i don't like taking any of their lines 
but I do like them for under. I mean, it's, it's not a bad pick. Okay, let's go to the next game. Falcons at Lions. Lions are three-point home favorites. I can't trust either of these teams, if we're being completely honest, man. I know the Falcons are 2-0, and but, I mean, two home games. I mean, ah, God, this is so ugly. I like Detroit to bounce back here. Give me the Lions in this one. I don't like this line. I think it's about right. This is about a field goal game. I like Detroit to win. Yeah, um, I like Detroit here as well. Now, having said that, I have been – I think the Falcons are a pretty fun team to watch. Um, I think Bijan Robinson is very entertaining. Um, while they don't get paid like it, running backs are some of the more entertaining players in the sport. I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of them that are electric. Saquon and Bijan Robinson, I could watch them all day. Um, I – Having said that, just the Lions being at home pushes it over the edge for me. I think these teams are in very similar, like, social status in the NFL right now. Um, I think you're looking at, like, the B, B-minus tier of teams here. Um, yeah, the the Lions haven't, haven't come out firing the way I expected them to. I was somewhat unconvinced by their win over the Chiefs. I know I've said that before, um, and they didn't follow it up nicely last weekend. Um, but I think they'll get it done at home uh, and get it back on track. Yeah, uh, I kind of like the way you looked at it. I, I mean, if it's neutral, this is a pick em. But with that being said, I think this Falcons team is actually really good. I, I'm, I'm going to admit I was wrong on B. John Robinson. I really thought that he got way overpicked. I didn't think he was going to be this productive the first two weeks. And he, But he could still fall apart, but... From what I've seen, he literally looked like a like a miniature version of like Derrick Henry, in my opinion. He has that strength, but then at the same time, he has the juke moves and the speed to like burn out the defenders. So Bijan's really fun to watch. Uh, with that being said, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Falcons. Screw it. Give me the Falcons. Interesting. A three and zero Falcons yep. right. start. Let me say. I never really thought taking Bijan at um, that high was a huge mistake because it was Bijan. I thought it was a huge mistake because the Falcons, to me, are not in a win-now mode because they don't have a good quarterback. I don't care that they're 2-0. Desmond Ritter is not a good quarterback. And I just felt like, man, you know, running backs are productive for, what, four to five years? And if you don't have a quarterback in that window, you kind of waste them. So that was the only reason I talked shit on the Bijan pick, but there's no doubt he's a fantastic player. Um, next game. Okay, my okay. my thesis on that the running back situation, sorry, is while it is a risk that can work out, it is one you should not take. Yeah, like 100%. maybe this is a bad analogy, but I think it's kind of like hitting on like 13 and blackjack when the dealer has like a four. Uh, it's like I mean, sure, you might hit an eight, but. You also might hit a king, and the dealer will still bust. Yeah. Um, like it, the the other issue I have with it is because of the short time window, and because of how often running backs get injured, it really is a move that if it doesn't work out, it's just like you wasted such a high pick where you can get a guy that could be a mainstay of your team for the next five, ten years, um, a more stable option. So. When, the, when this conversation comes around the next time there's a big running back draft pick, there's obviously going to be a lot of people saying, well, B. John Robinson got picked 10th yeah, overall yeah. or wherever he got picked. Um, but I, I still think in general it's an idea you should stay away from. Um, 
There's because one team it's just that I not would not the best have faulted. Organizational decision. There's one team I yeah. would not have faulted, and it would have been Philly. If he was there, and yeah, Philly exactly. Took him, Philly would have made perfect sense, and they had but another Philly, first round Philly pick, which was smart. I mean, Jalen Carter was yeah. is so far playing insane, but if they would have taken Bijan there, and then later in the draft got Nolan Smith like they did in the first, if you have two first round picks, it's much more understandable, especially if you're already in a win now mode. They already lost Miles Sanders, you know, shit like that. But if you're Atlanta, yeah. I think he's a fun and he's a really good player, but. Does that move the needle? I mean, are they 2-0 without him? No. I don't know. Maybe not. But are they going to do anything this season of note other than maybe win a bad NFC South? Probably not. But yep. and this then, next quarterback class, this next year's quarterback class is pretty damn good. Uh, I will say that. Yep. So maybe they just didn't like who was on the board because I'm pretty sure when they got to pick, the only guy left was Levis. So I would have probably taken Jalen Carter... But, you know, it is what it is at this point. Next game. Yep. Texans at Jaguars. Jaguars are nine and a half point home favorites. Texans plus nine and a half is my lock of the week. <laughs> I it, It's disgusting. It's disgusting. I get it to bet on a rookie quarterback. But oh, nine man. and a half. I like it. Nine and a half in a divisional game is a lot of points, man. I know the Texans didn't look great last week, but they have a decent defense. And I think D'Amico Ryans is a good coach. I don't know, man. Who are the Jaguars to be getting nine and a half points here? I mean, they beat a bad Indianapolis team by 10. And even Josh would be the first to say it. That was kind of a Mickey 10-point win. Man, this Texans team, C.J. Stroud... You, he threw for 384 yards last week. He has more 300-yard passing games in his career than Justin Fields does already. Like, it's hilarious how bad Justin Fields is. I'm never going to stop saying that. But Justin Fields is getting so much fucking uh, ricochet bullets. Well, because fucking idiots like you all offseason hyped up him and the Bears. Yeah. And- I did not hype up the Bears. I just said Justin Fields is a better quarterback than what people thought. And let's be honest, at the beginning of last year, people thought he was a bottom 32 quarterback. And by the end of the year, he was top 10 in everyone's eyes. I didn't think he was top 10 coming into this year, but he's definitely not. He's not top 20 this year. Yeah, he's dog shit. But I feel like he's getting a lot of fucking slack. Well, that's because dumbass Bears fans all offseason hyped him up. It made him sound like he was the next coming of Jesus and acted like him getting DJ it's Moore. Bears fans. We'll get into it. Him getting DJ Moore okay. was the equivalent of Allen getting digs. I digress. Yeah, I'm taking Texans plus nine and a half lock of the week. Too many points in a divisional game. Do you think they win? I think- no, I would have done underdog of the week if I thought they win. I think they cover. I, I just didn't know if you viewed it as... <laughs> Lock of the week, you're trying to win, or underdog of the week, you're trying to win. I know. I really do believe this game is closer than nine and a half. I think. Well, I agree. I just think in a divisional game, man, that's a lot of points. Um, I think first of all, on your Justin Fields subject, I think Josh Wall has he has been a somewhat supporter of Justin Fields. Jackson has grouped him into the people that he's gone on a Twitter crusade against this off season. Yeah. Um. And I don't think he quite belongs to that group. Um, it's me but, against the world, John. I've got to. I've got to fight. No. Yeah. Uh, Jackson, I, um, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how your pick goes. Uh, plus nine and a half is always an interesting one because a lot of it is just hoping for a back door, right? Um, yeah, pretty much. 
The Jaguars this weekend, I think, were difficult to read because um, I think a lot of it is depending on how you make the Chiefs' performance, how much of it was the Jaguars disrupting it, and how much was the Chiefs poorly executing on offense. Um, I think they ran into a tricky defense this weekend. I think it'll be a little harder uh, coming up here. I will take the Jaguars to win. I kind of like them big. I just think the Texans are pretty awful. Um and in some ways, I question their decision-making of going big in the draft this year. Um, it hasn't really worked out in the short term. Um, and I don't think it's a great long-term strategy either. But we'll see how it plays out. I like the Jaguars, but I'm interested to see how Jackson's pick goes. That, was, I, that is not where I expected anyone to go. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I really think the Sexton's team is better than what people think. I agree with Jackson. I I have always been saying CJ Stroud. I don't know if I've been saying it to you, but I've been I've thought it in my head how CJ Stroud was a better pick than Bryce Young. I think I know I've said this how CJ Stroud has a higher ceiling but a way lower floor than Bryce Young. And at right now that might not even be the case because Bryce Young has looked like dog shit. But with that being said, I really do like the Texans pick. I think Jaguars edge it out, and it's a little panic in uh, Jackson. What? Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. No, I was making a joke. Uh, yeah, man, I I do think this is a close game. You know, like you even see it with the Chiefs, man. Like they play close divisional games when they're clearly better than the other team. It's just the way it is. So I I do maybe I'm walking into this one, but John or Josh, I will say something. I am also on the CJ Stroud train, so we can agree on one Ohio State quarterback. That that game he had against Georgia last year, man, really turned me on him. Yeah, I mean, I was a big believer in CJ Stroud. I would say the same thing that that college football playoff game really changed the mind on a lot of people's opinions. And I think the Texans, in my opinion, are honestly a better fit for CJ Stroud than the Panthers. I kind of view this as like when Doug Peterson came for Trevor Lawrence. I think it's going to take a year and a half for CJ Stroud to really get going. But when he does, I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. This is my favorite game that we're going to break down. I mean, I have been looking forward to this one since I saw it was on the schedule. Chargers at Vikings. It's an even spread, both 0-2. This could be the funniest damn game of the year. I mean, this these two teams are like the equivalent of each other in the NFC and AFC. Loaded talent, and they always find the funniest ways to lose games. God, man. like it, I, I might do something I've never done on this podcast. I, I'm predicting a tie. I think the line is perfect. I think they tie this game. And I'm not I'm not trying tie, to be funny. I'll give you 10 bucks. I'm not trying to be funny. I actually think this is a tie. Oh, you can't predict a tie. I, I Vegas is predicting a tie. It's even. I'm predicting a tie. All right. All right. Um I've never done that in like how many years have we done this? Bold, Six yeah. years? We've done this that six years. That is insane years. to think about that we've done this podcast for six years. We started this years. like right before the D Ford incident, and I've never predicted a tie. So Well, yeah, because you're you were being sane every other week. Um <laughs> ties happen, okay. man. So so you're taking a tie. You're literally not picking a team. You're gonna I be wrong. I am literally taking way. and I'll I'll say 34-34 tie. If that's the case, okay. that's a fucking great game. I mean, these two teams are just comedy. I'm going to be honest. I didn't pay enough attention when I read my ESPN app today. Um, I 
really regret taking Patriots minus two and a half. I love the Chargers in this one. I have been a Vikings hater this whole year. Um, pretty much whole three weeks coming into the season. That's been my big take is that they suck. Um, and they didn't look amazing against the Eagles, but they did keep it close. But I also think that's kind of because the Eagles shit the bed a little bit, um, which we can talk about later. Um, but I am going to take the Chargers. I think the Chargers have kind of, I mean, lost two close ones. Um, I think their fortunes turn this week. Um, they get a road win in Minnesota. The Vikings, who have already lost to Baker Mayfield, they catch one to Justin Herbert, too. Yeah, John, we've kind of had the same opinions this week. Uh, this was my third lock of the week. This was going to be worse coming to worse. I love Chargers in this game. I think the Vikings are actually just going to be looked at as one of the worst teams. Uh, after last week, they did put on a good performance. I know I'm going back on my word from two weeks ago, but a lot has changed for me. This Chargers team, if they don't win this, I truly think Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. Oh, he's already there. I mean, it's scorching. Yeah, I just... Sorry, I had some of my... Uh, so, I think you just can't fire a head coach three weeks into the season because then people will be like, why didn't you just fire him at the end of last year? Because they're not going to fi- yeah. they're not gonna hire a new head coach right now. I'm about to put my yeah. uh, tinfoil conspiracy theory hat on here. Um, I think they brought in Kellen Moore knowing that they might transition him into head coach. I don't think they honestly believe in Brandon Staley at all. I don't think they believed in him after the playoff loss last year, but it's a historically cheap ownership in the in Los Angeles with the Chargers, and they don't like to cut ties on a coach early. They don't want to waste money. They don't want to pay guys not to be there. I think Kellen Moore has a very good... If the Chargers start 0-3, or if they're like 1-5 or something like that, I could see them firing Staley, making more the interim, and basically getting a free interview, getting to see how he does the rest of the year. I think that that's a very possible... I think it's a possible outcome that we see here in Los Angeles. Well, I always thought it was pretty weird the way that the the playoff loss thing worked out because to fire just the defensive coordinator after that, or the offensive coordinator, sorry, was pretty damn interesting uh, that Brandon Saley just got out of that one got free um yeah i agree jackson i think the chargers while they said all right we'll give you this kellen moore guy might have been hiring his replacement ahead of time yeah okay now we're into the afternoon window 305 panthers at seahawks seahawks are five and a half point favorites yeah carolina looks terrible i mean their receiving core is terrible i feel terrible for bryce young i mean you have a washed adam Thielen, a probably washed DJ Chark. What's the weapon on that team? Hayden Hurst? I don't see the Panthers having a very good year, and Bryce is put in a very tough spot. I like Seattle to win this one. Um, Yeah, so I like Seattle, but I don't think Jackson is going to take Cardinals underdog of the week. And this is exactly um, what I was thinking. So it's like, and I knew you were going to take this. So, I mean, this is kind of like shit out of luck. But, yeah, we got fucked this week. Which leaves me with no other choice <laughs> but to go Panthers underdog of the week. The randomness of underdog of the week prevails. Um, I largely agree with everything Jackson said, though. I watched the first half of the Panthers game last night. It was quite mundane. It was not entertaining. Um, Bryce Young looked shaky. Um, I think he's going to have to take some time to develop more 
before we start seeing what we really expected out of him. Um, I'm not saying he's cashed or anything. I'm just saying it hasn't been a um, guns a blazing start for him. Um, and I think the Seahawks have been all right. I think they're in that once again in that second um, second level of teams, second to third level of teams. Um, struggled with the Rams, but got a big overtime win in Detroit last week. Um, and I like I like I like him to get this win, but underdog of the week is the Panthers. Yeah, kind of puts you in a shitty situation. Uh, I really yeah, like it's underdog of the week, man. It's underdog of the week. That's how it happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the Seahawks win this game pretty easily. I think that's just how it goes. They were really only like five candidates all week, anyway. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. Next game. Cowboys at Cardinals. Cowboys minus twelve. I don't want anything to do with the number. I'll take Dallas to win. But I will give the Cardinals this. They're not as bad as I expected. They're still terrible. But at least they're competing. They've covered twice. They're 2-0 and against the spread this year. So, got to give them some credit. Um. Yeah, I think Dallas, the way that their schedule is shaped up, um, I don't. it wasn't expected the Giants would suck this much ass. Um, and it wasn't expected the Jets would suck this much ass without Aaron Rodgers. But... The way their schedule's lined up, they're going to be going into week four with three bruising victories. I I honestly like this line. I mean, I wouldn't set a, set aside minus 12 for a pick, um, but I think it's I think it's where I'd end up. The, the Cowboys are very capable of putting a beat down on some of these teams. Um, and I will say, I shit-talked Mike McCarthy really hard week one. I haven't really hated his beef, his offense. It's It's been fine. Um, so the Cowboys look like they've kind of put themselves into the conversation of one of those dangerous teams in the NFC. I think as of right now, it's not out of pocket to say that they're up there with the San Francisco's and the Philadelphia's of the world. Um, so we've got a more interesting race in the NFC now, um, cause they might be the best team in the NFC so far this year. And I think they'll keep it rolling against the team that is pretty obviously tanking. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Uh, you kind of mentioned about them tanking. Do the Cardinals let go of Kyler Murray and draft Caleb Williams, or do they trade the pick, or just not even draft oh, Caleb Williams? Oh, if you can get Caleb Williams, you fuck Kyler Murray right off. In my well, opinion. I tweeted something out earlier this year, and I was like, I think there's seven teams in the NFL that wouldn't take Caleb Williams if given the chance. Like, I think... I talked to the... Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I talked to a Cardinals fan, and he said he'd rather keep... Kyler Murray and trade the first pick if they were to get it to then get that's, all that asset. Yeah, that's stupid as hell. There's a solid shot that could get one and two. Like, no shit. They, and, and what's crazy is in the top five this year, the Cardinals could have two of the top five picks and so could the Bears. Like, no shit. Wait, who could they be? Who's two? The the Texans. They could get, they have the Texans pick. Two. Texans so, won't be the second worst team. Well, they're going to be bottom five, in my opinion. Cardinals, and, Bears. Panthers really look pretty that. bad. I mean, like it. I'm telling you, top five. You could see Chicago with two top five picks, and the the Cardinals with two top five picks this year. Yeah. All right, but I, I'm taking Cowboys, obviously. Yeah, not much of a discussion. Um, last afternoon game is the Chiefs and the Bears. If you're looking for a good survivor this week, I, I don't know a game Kansas City has easier on the schedule going forward. Chiefs are twelve and a half point favorites. If I was gonna 
bet on this. Obviously, I'd bet Bears plus 12 and a half. Chiefs can't cover this type of shit. Chiefs only cover when they're short favorites or short underdogs. But I do think Kansas City wins comfortably. They'll probably shoot themselves in the foot like they always do, but they'll they'll find a way to win this game. Won't be too tough. Um, I actually like the Chiefs to cover this one comfortably. I might be a little blinded by optimism here, but overall, I was pretty damn happy with the performance on Sunday. Um, I think that if if there's not a question about the quality of the Chiefs' defense, um, then everything will take care of itself to a certain extent. Um, the Chiefs' offense looks rough. I am pretty confident it's going to improve as the year goes on. Um, look, a lot of pretty much outside of the interior O-line uh, in the running backs and Travis Kelsey, um, a lot of roles have changed. We, we haven't turned over a ton of bodies at wide receiver, but no one's playing the same role they were playing last year. Um, I think it's just going to take some time to get those things worked out. Um, and Mahomes, I don't think, will be missing receivers the way he kind of has been the first two weeks. Um, but having said all that, this is the best Chiefs defense they've had in the Mahomes era. I think most people would agree on that one. Um, they look absolutely dangerous. This is the defensive line we've been trying to construct for pretty much the entire time that I've been watching the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they were absolutely furious, and they still don't have a guy that they're paying $15 million yet because he's on a six-game suspension. Um, I really feel confident about the direction the Chiefs are headed in. I think it's going to be hard for the Bears to do really much at all this week. Um at Arrowhead against that defense, when your confidence is in the shitter like this, um, I think this is going to be a pretty unentertaining game for the neutral fan. Yeah, I mean, t- give me Chiefs. I don't think it's going to be that hard. Uh, but yeah, I would agree. I wouldn't touch 12 and a half with a six-foot pull. I <laughs> think Chiefs win this game by 10. Yep. I think Chiefs win like – I think this is a 21-3 to victory for the Chiefs. Wow, you don't think we're going to score very much? I, I mean, no, this I, is don't, I don't think the yeah. worst defense in the NFL. The Bears' defense is fucking dreadful. Like the Chiefs should have a but, field but day the, here. I think this is the week. Look, I think I don't know how much I haven't been paying attention to it this year because it's early. But we got to remember, last year it felt like a lot of times it was the backyard football, scribble it up on the football playbook, um, versus the actual like Andy Reid like picking people apart scheme. I think this is a, a week that we feel like we can coast. Um, so I, I don't expect the fireworks to come out. And it, it already has looked a little bit disorganized the first two weeks. But maybe this is a good opportunity to get back on track. We'll see. All right, Sunday night football. Steelers at Raiders. What an ugly matchup this could be. Um, Raiders are surprisingly one-and-a-half-point favorites. Man, this is this is I don't have a good read on either team. Like the Raiders had a nice road win week one, got the shit kicked out of them week two. Pittsburgh got the shit kicked out of them week one, had a nice win week two. Man, this to me this is gonna come down to coaching, and I trust Mike Tomlin way more than I trust Josh McDaniels. So I like the Steelers to come out of this one with a win. Yeah, I agree. I'll take the Steelers here. Um, I think this is a tricky game to get a read on because it's just a bit ugly. It's not a game that I'm grabbing popcorn for. Um, it's uh, 
two pretty low flying teams um, with with defenses that are enough to keep them in most games. Um, so probably going to be a bit of a snoozer. And the Steelers, I think, are a pretty mixed bag. Like sometimes the way they want to win games is more than enough, and other times teams make it look silly. And I don't think the Raiders are one of those teams that are going to make it look silly. So I'll take the Steelers um, in a in a somewhat close game. I like the Steelers a lot. They were fourth on my lock of the week ranking. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers are going to be good. I think they win this game pretty uh, easily. George Pickens kind of really good yesterday. Yeah, and it's a shame I was already down so much in fantasy because he really did have a great game. Yeah, no, I had Nick Chubb and uh, Deshaun Watson and George Pickens yesterday in fantasy in a different league, and I truly thought I would have won if uh, Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that was rough. Okay, on to Monday Night Football, another Monday Night doubleheader. Eagles at Bucks. Eagles are five-point favorites. I like Tampa Bay as my underdog of the week here. Um, Whoa! Shocker. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> was the only one left. I mean, I had to do exactly. it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, look, at home, this Eagles team hasn't looked great. And maybe this is where Tampa comes back down to earth. But Baker so far has looked pretty damn solid this year. The The combination of Godwin and Evans is really making him look like a competent quarterback again. And something is off on this Philly team. I don't know what it is, but Jalen Hurts doesn't look 100% right. Like, I saw the quote that him and Donovan McNabb talked to each other and that Hurts said his shoulder's still not back to being great. I I think if you know, obviously you put if I put my life on the line I'd pick Philly to find a way to come out with this game, but I think it's a big opportunity for Tampa here. I mean I really do think at home Monday night Baker's got all the confidence in the world right now. I think Tampa Bay could shock Philly with the upset here. Yeah, um, I have won an underdog of the week with the Buccaneers. Um, I don't I'm kind of glad I didn't get this one. I don't know. I think the Eagles have had a couple of um unimpressive performances. I think maybe this is a good week for them to flip that script. Um I also think the Buccaneers have kind of overreached their welcome. Um so I think that might get flipped as well. Hopefully though, I Mike Evans goes off because I have him in all three of my fantasy leagues for some reason. Um so that's great. I always have Mike Evans. You have, he to. Is streaky, you have to. He is streaky as hell. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that continues. But I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, and those little shits. I have never been more pissed off about losing a lock of the week. I was fucking livid. Here it is. Uh, that was just <laughs> ridiculous. I can't believe the shit that happened. I'm not even going to talk about one part of it because I'll talk about it later. Fucking, I also have A.J. Brown in fantasy, and he scored a touchdown, and their stupid-ass right tackle had probably the most obvious hold I've ever seen in my life. Um, that's just fucking annoying. Uh, against the absolute dog shit Vikings team, the Eagles should be embarrassed. Um, I'm honestly cheering against them. So, go Bucks. Give me the... Give me... This was my number one underdog pick. I knew it wouldn't get to me. Give me the... Uh, Eagles, I think they win. I would take Bucks plus five, though. Okay. And then the last Monday night game of the week is actually a game that I think could be really good. Rams at Bengals. Boy, you're talking about a Bengals team that needs a win so bad. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Burrow does not look right. I think that calf thing is way more serious than people think. I don't think he can plant the way he needs to into his throws. Like, this looks bad. I know they started 0-2 last year, and they were able to recover, but that was different, man. Like, they just lost two games last year. This year, Burrow's injury does not look good, and those are some injuries that could linger. A calf injury is something that could linger all season long. Like, I think it would have been smarter, in hindsight, for him to sit out like Jamar Chase had suggested the first few weeks of the season. Because now looking at it, you're 0-2 anyway, and he, he said he re-aggravated it. So, man, it's not a great look. On the flip side, man, I mean, I know he won't win it because he's an established head coach. But Sean McVay has done a hell of a job with this team. Like, he has been one of the most impressive coaches in the league this year. You have a fifth-round Puka, whatever the fuck his name is, dude, Akua. just carving Akua. up the Akua. league. Tutu Atwell is like, this Rams team looks solid. I'm not going to look too much into them losing to the Niners. The Niners look like the team to beat right now. I, I oh God, this is going to be close. I, I don't know what I want to do with this pick. I'm going to take Cincinnati and just hope that Burrow, well, I guess I don't hope in real life, but just for my pick, I hope Burrow gets back to being Joe Burrow. But man, I mean, this looked like an obvious win for the Bengals in the preseason and before the season. Monday night at home against the Rams. But sheesh, this is going to be an interesting one. There's talks of Burrow not even playing. It might be the smart play. I mean, but then again, 0-3 is, that's tough to get out of. Very few teams in this league's history have made the playoffs after starting 0-3. I will say this before you make your pick, John. Uh, Rams, let's say they lose to the Rams because I don't think Burrow plays. I think th- I think Burrow, if he's smart, he looks at the schedule, sits out the next two weeks, and hope hopefully they can beat the Titans because then they have the Cardinals. I honestly sit out the next three weeks. If you can go one and two, come back when you're one and five, I know that sounds hard, but you can't have a bad Joe Burrow come week, uh, that'd be three, four, five, six, seven. Because come week seven, your schedule is 49ers, Bills, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, Jags, Colts, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. You can't have a unhealthy Joe Burrow at the end of the season because you don't want this going to the playoffs. I think what I agree with you, Jackson, they should have just kept him out and but hindsight's twenty twenty. They didn't expect to start two zero oh, and two. But yeah. Um, I'll take the. God, I almost said Browns. I'll take the Bengals to get back on track. Um, zero oh, and two is usually where they turn it around. I believe that's where they turned it around last year. Um, I don't know. I I do think the Rams are a solid team this year. Um, I think they're going to be a playoff team when the time comes. Uh, having said that, I think the Bengals, I don't think we'll be quite so lucky that the Bengals stay shit for this long. Um, so I'll take the Bengals. Uh, give me the Rams. I actually really like the Rams, especially obviously if, uh, Burrow doesn't play, but yeah, Jackson talked about this Rams team just looks really good. Sean McVay, in my opinion, the top five head coach in the league. I mean, look at what he's done. He's taken to two Super Bowls, has a Super Bowl. No one expected them to do anything. Their win total was, what, six and a half this year? I think they easily get to that. Six. I really like it. It six and a half. It was six. Oh, it was, it was five and a half? It was, well, it was six games. So if they win six, they push. And, like, I was oh, like, I, what uh, world do they do worse than six and 11? Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I really like the Rams. I mean, the Rams. 
All right. Well, that is NFL Week 3 predictions. Josh, you want to run down the boys' picks? Sure. All right. Lock of the week to start it off. John has Patriots minus 2.5 at the New York Jets. I have Packers minus 2 against the Saints. Jackson has Texans plus 9.5 at Jacksonville. Underdog, I'm adding odds this week. John has Panthers at Seahawks at plus 195. I have Commanders versus Buffalo at plus 240. Jackson has Buccaneers at versus uh, the Eagles at plus 180. Okay, I like that. I like that. So you've got the biggest dog this week. You've really gone out of your way. But, I mean, that's that you had to at, at number one. <laughs> it, was, it, was either, it was either Commanders or, or Arizona Cardinals against the fucking Dallas Cowboys because I knew I wasn't getting the Panthers. So. Yeah, and you weren't I was getting fucked. Tampa if you wanted Tampa. That it, it, it pays to be the worst in this, the guys. Um, okay, well, we already covered Mizzou. We've already previewed NFL Week 3. Uh, we Some developing news that happened through uh, Lock of the Week, or Week 3 preview. Shohei Otani is expected to pitch again in 2025. He is expected to miss all of next year pitching. Expected to hit, though. Hoping for opening day in 2024. So, my is yeah. free agency. Did you guys see Bobby... I mean, it might not be like this anymore, but I saw that Bobby had the fourth best odds at AL MVP, but it was at like plus like a shit ton number. But I was like, what the hell? It I was, mean, it I don't like, doubt it. It went like Otani, the obvious favorite, Julio Rodriguez. I forget who the next guy was. And then it was Bobby at fourth. And I was like, what the hell? Just kind of odd. Bobby Wood Jr. is, they don't have the AL MVP. It, okay, so it's Otani, Seager, Julio, and then Bobby. It's... <laughs> Jeez, Louise, man! It's Otani make negative twenty uh, minus two twenty thousand. Uh, Corey Seager plus twenty two hundred. Julio Rodriguez plus uh, five thousand, and then Bobby Wood Jr. plus twenty thousand. You bet ten dollars, you win two thousand dollars. Is this the last week of the season? Mm, what day is it? No, the the last. Let's see what what's today. The nineteenth, as we're recording this. So there's two more weekends. Our last game is on. October 3rd, I think. Holy shit. Dude, Shohei might not win it then. Shohei's going to win it. Shohei's going to win it. He he doesn't even have to play the last month of the year, and I think he's got it sealed up. Let's see. When is our last game of the year? I know we finished with the Yankees. Okay, our last That's game of the year is October 1st. So there's like half a month left to go. And uh, we need to go 500 the rest of the way to tie our worst record in le- in franchise history at 56 and 106. Not not crossing my fingers on that one, but we are one win away from 50, which I did not think we were going to get to. So What's take- so stupid is is we're not going to have a lottery pick in 2 years when we're dog shit next year. Yeah, this is the last year we can get a top 10 pick. Next year we can't get a top 10 pick, which is And then not we can good. get another top 10 pick the next 3 years cuz I know we're never going to be anything. <laughs> Yeah, it is tough. And honestly, I've been tooling around with the Tankathon thing. I don't know if you guys use that tool where it's like you can go in and simulate the lottery and like see. And even though we are second, every time I simulate that damn thing, we go to seventh and it just makes me want to puke. If we don't get a top three pick this year, it is going to be so depressing. I just simulated, simulated the lottery and the Royals have the number one pick. There you go. I mean, maybe... Maybe your computer's doing the magical work. The Cardinals have a number two. Imagine KC one, St. Louis two. God, that'd make Missouri look fucking awesome. Does it even matter, though? If we get the first pick, are we just going to pick, like, a low draft pool guy so we can pick, like, a kid with a cross in his bio in the fourth round? Hey, last time we got a top two pick, it worked out pretty well, all right? Give give him some credit. I mean, it, last time I we got a top the three pick, it worked out like dog shit. 
I fucking hate the lottery. Are you talking about Asa Lacey, the yeah, guy that's been on the podcast? He was fourth, wasn't third. Yeah. Yes, I'm talking about Asa Recurring Lacey. <laughs> uh, also news, not that it matters. Brady Singer shut down for the rest of the year with back pain. So, I mean, I guess he won't start the rest of the year. Finishes the year with an ERA over five. Not not, not the, the year, year you were looking for out of Singer, but uh, it is what it is, man. I mean, the Royals are terrible. I mean, it. I just hope, like, one year on this show, it can be, like, July, and they're at least, like, talkable. Like, you can talk about them. They're not 40 games under 500. They were done talking about fucking what? May? Oh, by May 1st, the season was over. You you knew it was like, oh, shit. Also, it, what in the world happened to Asa Lacey, by the way? Like, Yeah, he, he missed this whole season with, I guess, back injuries or something. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but, man, it just does not look good with him. Last year, he missed... Or last year he played, but he also missed significant time with an injury. And he had, I believe he had more walks than strikeouts last year. So it's just not looking good in his development, which really sucks because he was a top five pick and I had high hopes for him. Looks like we're going to have to bank on Mazzucato to be the guy to come out and perform, which, you know, with the way the Royals have developed pitching, not going to get too excited about that. Although, Coke Reagan's. Gotta gotta give credit where it's due. We made a good trade this year, and that Velasquez dude we traded for Quaz. We've had we've made a couple good deals this deadline. Not that it will matter, but eh, you're saying gotta take the small victories. They're saying the number one draft prospect next year is Chase Burns out of Tennessee. He's now at Wake Forest. It's that dude that was selling like 103 and just started freaking the fuck out in the College World Series. <laughs> I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, but like he literally like was on fucking I cloud do not nine. Pay attention to college baseball in the slightest to be honest but yeah i mean i'll start looking into that after our lottery pick gets decided because lord knows we're gonna get when is that when are meetings right yeah in december they simulate the draft or they do the 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 draft lottery and we'll see what we get they go to tankathon.com as well yeah (laughs) yeah i'd be pissed i just want top three man i just want to get a top three pick if we got the first pick that'd be hype but like john said we'd probably under slot it take some kid that no one's ever heard of if we could get Paul Skeens this year, we could have had Libby Dunn Check and his Royals Instagram bio. I knew one horny one of you horny bitches would have said that. I you knew brought one up of you Paul Skeens, bro. I mean, what did you expect? Because Paul Skeens is generation talent. I don't give a fuck about his girlfriend yeah, right now. I give a, a fuck about the Royals. He's also got a generational girlfriend too. Okay. Could have had Libby right, Dunn well, and Royal Jackson, Blue. Jackson is getting bonked right now. Hella. <laughs> Shut up! You you can't even lie that it came to your mind as well. You just didn't verbalize. Oh, it. Oh, I knew it was one of you guys were gonna say it. Yeah, so <laughs> I kind of set up. you up for it. All right, let's get into D four of the week before we log off today. D four of the week will not be Eliya Drinkwitz for John this week. Am I right? First time in like three months. It will not be Eli Drinkwitz. I think I know who it will be. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who wants yeah. to go? John, just get it out of the way. Okay. I don't know the asshole's name. I meant to oh. look it up. Oh, it's not John Sherman. I, I thought it was going to be John Sherman. Yeah. What did John Sherman do this week? Tell I don't nothing, know, but, but you but always he, just figure something. He never has to do please, anything. Please go a different route. You've only used Drinkwitz and John Sherman the past five months. I actually want to hear this. Okay. Well, I'm trying to figure out this guy's name. So give me give me one second. One of you guys go first. It's Next not John you can Sherman. Go. Josh, no, you go. I actually have to consider between two people. I don't want to say – I need to think for a second. Go ahead. My deep order of the week is 
Colorado State's player that fucking ended Travis Hunter, Travis Hunter's like three weeks for three weeks. Like that was a fucking dirty pick. Like no one likes you. Like I'm not gonna say like like I I don't agree with him getting death threats. Like that was fucked. But like that was a fucked up hit. So my D four of the week goes to Colorado State because all they are is whiny bitches. And I'll say this: I'm not buying on Colorado hype, but they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I'm like that's all I that's all I like. Like I'm not saying Colorado is gonna beat Oregon. No, fuck no. They're gonna get their ass blown out. But yeah, my deep for the week is pause, Colorado. Pause. State. Now I can say pause. <laughs> yeah, now I know. I, I was like, pause. fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, no, like Colorado State's are just a bunch of bitches. Yeah, and they honestly should have won that game. Um, mine was between two people, or I guess. A conference and two people, but I will give it to the Pac-12. Man, why did you have to disband? Like now, the conference is actually good. I it pisses me off. The, the Pac-12 is so fun to watch right now. You've got everyone knew USC would be good, but you've got Washington who looks great, Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, Colorado looks good. Like, god damn it, why why now? We had to sit through so many shitty years of the Pac-12, and now the one year that they're good, they just want to disband and go their separate ways. It pisses me off, and man, I can't lie. Like, watching that Colorado-Colorado State game at like 1 a.m. on Saturday night, that's what the Pac-12 is. Pac-12 after dark is so great. I will not stand for a USC 11 a.m. kickoff. I will not stand for it. Okay. Well, I've got to tell you, man, I could not disagree more. I probably sat down for a Pac-12 after dark about once. Oh, the last thing it's I the watch perfect is- thing to fall asleep to. It is a great the, thing. The last or thing or when you're at the bar. At midnight is three-minute commercial breaks. Or when you're at the Fucking. bar and the game's on. That's awesome. Uh, fair play. Um, all right. So my D4 of the week is this fuck. And he's an actual D4. His name's Kentavious Street, <laughs> and he should be fucking cut. This fucker last week on the play that the, the Vikings turned the ball over, and it would have been a kneel down for a 13-point Eagles win this fuck ball fucking lined up in the neutral zone. He lined up in the neutral zone. He didn't affect the play. He didn't do shit, but he lined up on the wrong side of the field like an absolute idiot. If you somehow make it to the NFL and you don't know how to line up on your side of the field, you're in fucking moron. Like he um, literally pulled a D Ford. Yeah, he literally D Forded. Like D Forded his ass off. Did so, you get flashbacks? Fuck this guy. Uh, a second D Ford to Nick Sirianni, okay? Just because he should be like questioned for incompetence. If you score a touchdown to make it a 12 point game, okay? And the only way you lose is if the other team goes touchdown, onside, touchdown. You should go for two to go up 14 instead of going up 13. Because guess what? 13 doesn't do shit for you. If, if it's 13, and the team does touchdown, onside touchdown, guess what? You fucking lost. But if you go for two, then you're going to overtime. It just I, I don't know how you get to be an NFL coach and you're not thinking about these things. I'm sitting here on my fucking couch thinking of these things, and you're the guy getting paid millions of dollars not thinking of shit. I hope that I'm literally so anti-Eagles now. I'll take the Cowboys over the Eagles. I'll take the Niners over the Eagles. Fuck them. Fucking losers. Thank God we beat them in the Super Bowl. Just gross incompetence. I am so that. happy we finally got a new D Ford out of John. He, it's, I know. It's we got it's so long. Long. It has this been so long. Up. And it was a D Ford. This fucking piece 
of shit. And it was I literally can't... a D Ford incident that got him to go with a new yes. one. You couldn't script yes. this any better. This podcast is scripted at this point. <laughs> yep, yep, it, it's it's crazy. I got a D Ford that is a D Ford and a co D Ford to Nick Sirianni because uh, he's a fucking moron too. I hate football sometimes. It's so annoying. I got a little uh, alcohol in my system on Saturday night, and I woke up on Sunday morning, and I realized I DM'd D Ford, fuck you. Didn't remember doing oh. it. I just looked at my <laughs> DM, and I just said, fuck you to D Ford at like 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent it in my group oh, chat, my- and one of my buddies sent him like, don't listen to the hate. I love you. And I was like, all right, that's enough. Oh, my like, God. Who who did that? <laughs> Carson. Oh, did- my God. He of just course. did it. He just How did. I know it was that. Guy? He just did it to piss me off. So yeah, Carson, I know you did. I know you're not listening, but fuck you for that. And yeah, also D Ford. That's, that's probably the one message I've sent drunk that I don't regret is the DM to D Ford. All right, well uh, that'll do it. <laughs> drunk text. Yeah, that was the one drunk text slash DM that I don't regret. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode <laughs> of Primetime KC. Appreciate y'all listening as always. We'll be back for week four. Peace.